You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Palladino. How's everyone doing this week? I mean, one tiny win with many other things left to do. But shit, like, man, the last week or two for me has just been completely bonkers. I've been, I overbooked myself with work and it's just straight up dumb, dumb shit that I always do is just say yes to everything and then regret it later. But one of the shining lights of this week was editing this podcast episode and listening back on this conversation I had with our guest today, Steve Ginty. Steve is a comedian and rapper and writer and just general creative genius who blends different art forms together in a way that's really refreshing. Every single thing that he puts himself into You can see his brand of humor, his style, his taste in music, and like the way that he thinks about things in this sort of outside of the box way, all coming together in whatever work he is doing, whether it's writing sketches or jokes or creating music and writing lyrics or, you know, freestyling. He has this way of looking at the world that is, I think, completely unique. And we talk about that about how everyone sort of has their own different way of looking at the world. And the hard part is translating that into your work and not conforming to what other people want you to do, you know? A lot of people can look at someone like Steve who does the sort of things that he does and, you know, rapper, comedian, and think, oh, I want you to be just like Childish Gambino. But Steve is not about that. Steve wants to do his own thing. He has more creative ambitions in mind than just emulating your career like someone else's. And we talk about how you really have to just kind of stick to your guns about being yourself and creating the work that you want to create and showcasing your voice, not trying to match the voice of someone else who's already done it. So really great conversation. Steve's a great guy, and and it was really fun to chat with him and just kind of get a peek inside of his mind because his mind works in a way that is – I think really, really interesting and and fucking cool. So here is my conversation with Steve Jainty. Most of the people that when I was like rapping, they were like, if you don't have a specific producer, you will not be successful. So you need to be friends with like a person that just makes beats. And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, most of the time, you're not really trying to be friends with those. it's like it's like a thing that like it it clicks it's either like you like their production and they like the way you rap or you don't after that it's like more of a business thing so i've tried to like make friends with producers and it's usually like all right this is like you looking at me like a check and not as a musician so Mm -hmm. i find it better that if you kind of if you have the patience just make your own beats or (laughs) Uh, find someone that's like a, a someone that looks at you a musician as a musician as a person, and then mm-hmm. work with them and then pay them. But with I guess uh, with comedy, the only shit I really got with comedy that I that I really don't like is like you have to write about yourself. That shit. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that just 
<laughs> it's like you can have like a pilot that's like so creative, you know what I mean? But they're like, oh, that's not your life though. And it's like, yo, why well, gotta be my life though? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's shit like that. Or if if you're uh like I've met with like um like managers or agents and reps, it's like if you say someone you want to model your career after and it's not someone that's like in the spotlight, they're automatically like, nah, we're good on this. So I yeah. remember I went into like a meeting and I was like, I would love to be like Reggie Watts. I feel like he just kind of wakes up, does what he wants to do. And he's like low key about it. And they were mm-hmm. like, not Donald Glover though. I'm like, yo fam, I definitely don't want to <laughs> do no Lion King. I'm so straight <laughs> on. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. I think, I think there are certain comedians that do love themselves enough to write fucking sagas about their lives. <laughs> and you know what I mean? But I'm not, yeah. I don't love myself enough to, you know what I'm saying? Give you all of that shit. <laughs> I think that like that's so funny because I feel like in like the mid 2000 like 2010s everyone was looking at like the Donald Glovers or like Broad City and being like they're writing about themselves and like everyone saying that you need to write what your own like I don't want to do like a caricature of myself if I were to write a show is that what you're kind of saying like like to do like a a show that's just like a version of you yeah, like my, I think like it's so much fun to like create a world, you know, instead of mm-hmm. like, here's like real life and let me just like tweak it a little bit. Like, I think a world is more interesting. Like, I, yeah, the, uh, I specifically wrote a pilot about um like a basketball player that has like a rough career and then he has to go to like England and he gets like tied into like British mob. Right. And then the first thing the person was like, yo, just write about a rapper that works at a brewery. And I'm like, yo, dog, ain't nobody trying to watch that shit, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really cool, though. Like, so you're, like, you, do you get, like, inspiration from, like, outside of yourself? Or, like, where, like, for, like, when you, like, think of, like, an idea to, like, start, sit down and write a pilot, that's a long process. Like, it's a big commitment sometimes to, like, spend all those hours in front of the keyboard. Where do you, where do you kind of find those world, like, the inspiration for those worlds that are outside of yourself? Um, like, this is not really nerdy, but like, I like to think about like, what if, like, what if this actually existed? Like, I feel like certain things are like pretty like boring. So it's like, oh, what if there was like a basketball player who had a rough career and then he actually got tangled in that? Or like, what if there was like a show about like a black person that didn't really have to do like music that's quote unquote black? What if it was like a black dude that does like jangle rock or he does like weird electronical music and he's like a weird DJ so I think of mm-hmm. shit like that, like, what do you not usually see a POC as or what can yeah. a POC get into that's like different instead of kind of giving you the like we POCs always get associated with like either R&B soul or like rap music. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. I try to be like, how can you kind of flip it? Because there's always one black person that's like, I kind of wish this weird thing was a thing. And then when it happens, they're like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And the thing is, those people are out there. Like, but no one's telling their stories. Of course. Now, I'm I'm wondering, so, like, you seem, like, a little bit, like, at least from the outside, just, like, being, like, around the scene and knowing, like, your work. And we've done some shows together and stuff here and there. But, like, you, you do seem, like, the kind of person who's just kind of always going to, like, decide to, like, do your own path. What, like, motivates you to, like, kind of think outside the box and get, like, be a little bit different as far as, like, your approach to um, to music and comedy and blending those things? Um, Most of the things that motivate me 
there's one that's unhealthy and one that's healthy. I'm going to go with the healthy <laughs> one. Uh, the healthy stuff is just like good art. Like if I hear a really good album, I'd be like, oh, like what if I try to get into this pocket or this genre or kind of see what I could do? Or sometimes I would just like freestyle over that and then use mm-hmm. that verse that I freestyled on something my friends would send me. Uh, or mm-hmm. I would watch a film and be like, oh, maybe I should write a film. Like I seen, um, I remember when I seen The Square, I was like, oh, maybe I should write like about yeah. like a black person that owns like a movie theater and they have to deal with a director, just like you have to deal with someone with all the art in the museum. So sometimes like I would watch something and just try to flip it. But the unhealthy thing that kind of motivates <laughs> me is like people telling me no. So I, I was at a point where I was just like, all right, I'm probably not going to make a UCB team. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm fine being on this musical uh, improv team. And then someone was like, oh, you're like just a diversity hire. So I was like, all right, word. Now I'm going to make a UCB team and you're not because you're a straight mm-hmm. white dude and I'm going to prove you wrong. And it's like that Michael Jordan mentality where it's like, now it's personal. <laughs> so it's like, so yeah. like after that, I was just like, all right, now I made a UCB team. The joke's on you. I'm a black dude. I should not be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so those are two things. Or if like someone's like, well, you can't rap on that kind of beat. Like you always rap over weird stuff. And I'll be like, give me a boom bap beat. I'm going to give you 16 bars of fire. And then yeah. I just go for it. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for that. I feel like I'm motivated a lot in the same way when I like just like dabbling in other things, like doing more stand up in like indie shows and Brooklyn stuff and found like, oh, like I'm actually pretty successful over here, like doing this other thing. And this show is going really well. And like just like then stop giving a fuck. And then so it's like, well, now that I don't give a shit, it's a lot easier to do. How is like this year being so weird and different and we can't do a lot of the things we normally can do as far as like getting on stage? and stuff have have has that like made you more creative in any way that like pushes you to like think outside the boxes as far as like how you make your art uh i feel like uh quarantine has made me be more like fuck it uh yeah. so if i was if i was sitting on anything i would be like all right like who cares like it's like the end of the world so let me just drop this like yeah. the single i dropped this year i've been sitting on that for like maybe like a year and change. And then I was just woke up one day and I was just like, who cares? Let me just shoot this music video with my friends and just drop it. And mm-hmm. also like applying, I would never uh, apply for like writing jobs because mm-hmm. I'm like, I right, I probably don't fit this host's voice, but I'm like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, let me, see, yeah. let me just roll the dice. So more like that. But what would I say, am I more creative? Uh, probably not. Cause I can't really, like, I can't go to like a record store pick up yeah. a random record and listen to it and be like, all right, this is dope. I can't go to like Nighthawk or like Alamo and watch like a weird midnight movie. So not necessarily more creative, but I, if anything, it's made me more into sports, which is kind of sad. <laughs> so I'm wondering, so like on kind of on the flip end, has there ever been a thing that like you, you thought was kind of bullshit when you started doing it like but you maybe started doing it begrudgingly because someone was like you need to do this thing but then it ended up being really fulfilling for you and you ended up really liking it uh yeah working retail uh really i worked uh retail at a time in my life yeah it was like a time where uh like i was going through a lot of stuff and i got hired at nike and i was like all right this is going to be like just another whatever job and no lie i've met all my closest friends uh, during my, I think I was there for four years. My four oh, wow. years there, I met all my closest friends. So like, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for like friends in that group, I would have never auditioned for any musical improv team. Like they were like, go for it. I'll cover your shit, follow your dreams. 
Uh, I would have never recorded like actual music. Uh, they were very supportive of me when I was kind of like, because uh, like at that point when I got on, what at that point when I got hired at Nike, mm-hmm. uh, my indie team broke up. So like I really had nothing to look. That was my second indie team that broke up actually, which is nuts. So I kind of didn't really have um, anything to look forward to. So it was like, they were kind of like putting batteries in my back. Like, yo, you could form another one, et cetera, et cetera. Like on to the next, you got this. So I thought that job was going to be pure bullshit, but it has gotten me, I've gotten probably everything through that job. Like whether it's like my current job or like someone being like, you work at Nike, let me get a discount and it's a new friendship. So yeah, <laughs> I would definitely say I, Nike. Shout out Nike one time. Shout out Mike That's for hiring great. My name is Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Damn, that's really that's really awesome to hear because that's like so <laughs> unexpected. Like I would never expect you to be like, oh yeah, like this retail job ended up being such a big part of my life, you know? Yeah, it's a nice community. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's really dope. Um, have you like ever received a piece of advice that you thought was kind of bullshit, but then maybe you found out later it ended up being actually really true or vice versa you thought it was true but it ended up being a bunch of bullshit oh yeah yeah okay so um when um when i first started um doing like hip-hop improv Mm -hmm. i would try to like bar out like just say like like not the most witty things but i wanted to make sure like like you could see that i could rap like compared to the other cast members because mm-hmm. uh, the other cast members on my team were like, you know, like they weren't like rap first. They were kind of like theater kids. Yeah. I guess they just saw a niche lane and they kind of were like, let's jump on that because of like other musical improv teams or I mean, yeah, they're like using like keyboards and songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that like you'd be like, all right, that guy's a rapper. So uh, one of my homies was like, yo, I want you to know, bro. And he's like, cause you do like a half. So you do like, like basically a montage and then you do like an interview thing at the end of the show. Yeah. So my homie comes up to me during the middle of the show. He's just like, Hey bro, like I want you to know no white person that's paid $10 on a Saturday night at this bar gives a fuck if an African-American could rap. They just want you to look like an idiot. And I was just like, that sounds dumb as shit. Mm -hmm. And it's a hip hop improv team. I think this is dumb as shit. But he was like, I will bet you two gin and tonics that if you go there and spit some bullshit, it's going gonna to be better. It's going to go up. So I was yeah. like, all right, bet. And I spit like pure dookie. Just like, hey, <laughs> what did it really do? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I took a poo-poo. And the crowd was like, ah. <laughs> so it's like, I did that shit from that show on road gigs corporate gigs and i'm like oh yeah my friend was not fucking lying like at first at first i was just like since i love the art form of rapping and freestyle i was like i don't want to rap bad but i was like hey he he's not yeah. wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong uh but like advice that people gave me that usually sucks uh usually anything on dating <laughs> were you like annoyed by the fact that like the audiences wanted like bad rap or did you were like fuck it whatever it takes to get the laugh at that i was not annoyed because i learned that you kind of have to like know your crowd like i learned yeah. a skill from that 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 bet because like i like i perform with a lot of hip-hop improv teams and there's one that's more poc 
cast mm-hmm. members. And we'll perform in like Harlem. We'll perform mm-hmm. in like Flushing. Uh, you know what I mean? Bronx. We did like a lot of Bronx shows. And yeah. those people, they care if you can spit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. sincerely, like they care if you can spit. But yeah. if you're doing a show in like the middle of Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Upper East Side, you're on the road, you're like in fucking Providence, Rhode Island. They don't give a damn. Yeah. They like to see that you're making it on your feet, but they yeah. they don't really care about what you're saying or how you're flowing it. They just be like, all right, that looks like fun that I possibly can't recreate, which they can. Uh, <laughs> so when I did solo stuff, that mm-hmm. bet made me realize, oh, if I'm in a room full of hipsters, now I know what reference to make that's going to make them listen. Or if I'm in a room full of like older people, I know to rap funnier and make more jokes. If I'm in a room full of just black and Latino people and Afro-Latino people, oh, I'm, I'm just going to rap. I'm just do me. So yeah. that's that's what that bet made me uh, realize. It's a pretty important lesson, I think. Like, know your audience, read the room. Like, that can be so applicable to so many types of performing. Like, yeah, that's really great. Um, Yeah, it's so interesting how, like, those little moments along the way, like, when you're coming up and you're learning, like, the ropes of how, like, comedy works, how stage performance works, how, like, do, just gigging around works. Do Do you feel like the same level of like excitement now like i know we're not really getting on stage right now but like i guess right before the pandemic like are you still like every time you get to get on stage like feel like a kid again as far as when you first started to get out there it was so exciting yeah with me it's all about uh like the venues like yeah. i remember i remember when i did union hall yeah. first time i did union hall um like i thought i did a bad show but mm-hmm. I'll never forget this because like the host is like, Hey man, Jordan Klepper was like rapping, like vibing with one of your songs. Like he liked the chorus, but I was like, I felt like I could have do, I could have done better. So mm-hmm. when I went back to union hall, so, because like, I love union hall, like that venue. I just, I don't know. I just fuck with it. Yeah. I, love I remember when I went there the second time I was like, yo, it's fucking game seven. I got <laughs> my homie with me as the beatboxer. I got my homie as the guest. Like I'm fucking ripping it apart. And that show was like, you know what I mean? I always put that show first for like a clip. Like, oh, if you want to see one of my sets, see this. It's like whenever I get to do like any like venue I love, I'm always going to feel like a kid. I'm always going to feel like, all right, it's like brand new game. Got the jersey on. Let's put the shots up. You know what I mean? But if, but also it depends on like if you're doing like, I always feel like a kid if like, oh, like, oh man, like they got a lot of comics that don't know who I am. I got to like prove myself. Like I love that too. Like if I get booked on a show, and it's like a whole bunch of like comedians that I'm aware of, but they're like, who's Steve Genty and friends? Like, I think that's also like a like yeah. a thrilling moment, you know, for butterflies. Or if your homies, if the whole bill is your homies, and yeah. you're like, no, no matter what, man, we're gonna get some drinks after this. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? So yeah. I do miss performing and interacting with the crowd. I feel like my act isn't as fun off mm. of Zoom, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel you. I mean, that is that I that's I feel exactly the same way. Like my stand up is so like crowd interaction based that like I've found it really hard in quarantine to like do Zoom shows and stuff because I'm just like it's just not this I just don't get that like what I got most out of it and what like made it fun was a lot of that like energy, which I feel like like if it's a one on one conversation, it's you can recreate that on Zoom, but 
performing out to a crowd in front of a your like quiet computer. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and then you got that one comment that's like ha 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 or like an emoji like it's not the same <laughs> shit. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so weird. But I mean, I I respect everyone who like is doing it. It's, it's definitely a hustle, but maybe I don't know. You got to make sure you're getting out what you're putting in, I guess. But I mean, I find it so awesome that you've just been like dropping a bunch of videos or like music that you had previously written in quarantine or previously written, but now you're like putting it out now that you have a ton more free time. Um, like, what has it been like working? Like, I know you collaborate with like a lot of people that we know, like, you know, people in the community. What has it been like to sort of collaborate like more deeply with friends who maybe were would not necessarily be in, like I saw like Mike pool was in your video um with the bike <laughs> and uh and like you know Mike I know does uh, like he raps and he was on North Coast and I think he was on North Coast right mm-hmm. yeah with me yep oh yeah yeah but like I- I've never known him to be one to put out like music on his own outside of himself maybe I'm wrong but um correct me if I'm wrong please but no, like, no, what, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was it like to like work with someone like Mike, who you've worked with on stage and in that collaborative way? Like, but now you're putting out your own music with 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 friends that you've worked with before. Um, it was very fun. It's always fun working with your homies because they're all yeah. different. The funny thing about Mike is that. He, <laughs> he might hate me for saying this. He, he does not like his performance on that song, but what he doesn't know is it's the most viewed song in that EP short film, which is wild. Um, <laughs> but I kind of got Mike on it by just being like, Hey man, you got a smooth voice. Just do this for me. And then he was like, you sure though? And I was like, <laughs> I'm positive, but like working, working with like Elijah, who's like yeah. on two of the tracks, it was cool because like I I wasn't that close with Elijah and we mm-hmm. became closer through working. So like yeah. me and Elijah have so much shit <laughs> in the cut uh, that's like not finished, which is wild. I, 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 we probably got like enough for like an EP of like shit in the cut. Uh, but working cool. with a, with Elijah is so much fun. Working yeah. with working with I think the thing is the difference between working with comedians and like like musician musicians that Mm -hmm. I find more fun is that musicians kind of, they take certain aspects of music a little bit too seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, And that kind of makes the recording process not as fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I felt like I majority of the people on my projects were people that are comedians first and they just happen to dabble in music and Mm -hmm. recording with them is fun. But kind of when you're making music with like a rapper, like an actual rapper or like a, like a singer, uh, sometimes it's like not, as thrilling or yeah it's kind of more like a job serious yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i also do you feel like you're sort of like blending of like your comedic sensibilities with your mute like when you're creating your music do you think that like your comedic sensibilities like also influence like the style of the actual like beats or the way that you're flowing like or is it or is it just like comedy is one part of it that's separate and then you're like your flow is a different part or are they, they blended together. Does that make I, sense? That does make sense. And that's <laughs> a great question. Uh, I look at it, uh, I blend them. So mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't like, 
unless I'm trying to get like a point across, I'm going to probably rap on a beat that's more wonky or eccentric mm-hmm. or like, like, I don't know, like left field yeah. uh, compared to like rapping over something that's like a trap beat or like a boom bap beat. Like if you ever hear me on any mm-hmm. of those kind of things, it's more to prove like this is my point to prove. But usually mm-hmm. I just like having fun mm-hmm. or I just or I just like talking about shit I like, like referencing things I like or yeah. or j- just to like relate to people, I guess. But usually I look at it the same way that you would write like a tweet as a joke. I was yeah. like, all right, this line could be like a joke. Like I remember I said, um, I smoke strains that smell like a thrift store. Like mm-hmm. that's a bar, but that's also like a joke. Like if your yeah. weed smells like Beacon Closet, that's a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but it's kind of hard though. It's like, all right, my man smelling, he's smoking shit that smell like vintage jackets. That's pretty cool. Like that's yeah. how I kind of go into doing it like what's the coolest but funny thing because that's the yeah. thing that i used to get a lot from teachers and and people are like that you can't make comedy look cool i encourage all of those teachers <laughs> to watch the first season of atlanta and come holler at me because that is wrong as fuck or or watch the first season of broad city or, <laughs> or west anderson movie yeah yeah like come on we could you don't gotta fucking slip on a banana dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I totally agree with you like I so I like you know I kind of try to blend like filmmaking and comedy with like that's sort of my whole background and not like and a lot of people when I was first starting to do that were like why are you spending all this time and intention on that when it's like no one cares just shoot it with your phone it doesn't have to look like anything and I'd be like well if that's what you're going for like for it to look like it was shot on your phone then yeah but like if I want it to look like uh, like, for example, I did this song with Cami Dimitrova a while ago that was like, we are not rappers. She's a musician. She's a beautiful singer. But like, we are not rappers. But it was like a silly song. But we were like, we want to make it look like a Beyonce video. So we shot it with like really gorgeous cameras and lenses and made it look dope. And I, like, I'm lucky enough that I have a lot of friends with, you know, really talented c- camera people. But uh, but it was like. That was the intention while the song itself was just like silly and like we're bad at rapping. But it was like the visuals were like, I don't know what I'm trying to get at is I totally agree with like you can make comedy look cool or you can make comedy like be stylistic in a way that is like what you want to say. And I think that like impacts the message ultimately. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to all be modern family. Yeah, there's exactly. nothing wrong with modern family but you know it's its own yeah. thing no, i feel you i feel you i feel you <laughs> so like kind of touching on the idea of like there's only one way to succeed i mean what do you think about that mentality like is that something you subscribe to or are you like anti that or somewhere in between uh i'm definitely anti that i mm-hmm. think i think from the from the way i heard my fr- like my homies got on it's yeah. all it's all a crack shoot. It's like it could go this way, it could go that way, it could go up, it could go down. Um, do do I think certain things matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess like I guess like you need you like I guess you need some kind of social media presence, I guess. I'm gonna put that in quotations. Yeah. But I think I think mostly what matters about is like you got good shit and then you know the right people. Those are the two things. I think matter the most. Like if if a homie was like, yo, Steve, I'm about to start some start doing comedy, I'd be like, yo, make sure you you rock it with the right people and you enjoy their work. Not on some like, 
I'm 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 your friend because I think you're gonna be on SNL. I'm your friend because I your work makes me want to work harder. Mm-hmm. Stay around those people, and then when when your time comes, if they get something, make sure you got something in the vault that's fire. Those are the two things I think matters yeah. about success. But with comedy, it's so hard though because it's like so subjective. Like I've heard so many comedians talk shit about other comedians that's like doing mildly successful. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like. It's not like sports, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of difficult, but I don't think there's one way to yeah. to be successful. Yeah, I think that like idea, like you mentioned, of just kind of being prepared and like making sure that you have everything ready to go. Like if you do get an opportunity, making sure that like you are like ready to meet that opportunity. Like, ma- like if you if you get offered a meeting and they're gonna ask for a pilot. You can't be like, oh, yeah, give me two days to write it. You have to just, mm-hmm. like, have it all ready to go, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, just preparedness and absolutely, like, surrounding yourself with good people who are, like, the same sort of mentality that you, you are of, like, hard workers and committed to, like, you know, putting in the time. Like, th- we're not doing – a lot of us are doing this for free a lot of the time. And uh, you got to surround yourself with good people. Most definitely. Most definitely. Because the community is toxic as a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell me about it. I, I try to, like, I, I try to be friendly to everybody, but also at the same time, it's 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 tough because it is so competitive, you know, and, and it is, can be toxic. But also, like, you find your true friends in there. Like, you, you find good people. And, you know, there's, like, that saying that, like, a, a rising tide moves all ships. And I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess it's. I think no. Nah, that's a, that's a fact. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yes. I mean, like support it's, each other. Also, it's also if your homie's like, yo, I know I'm on, but like you can't fit this job. But I got you something else. That's still love. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You might not be fit for the writers' room, but he's like, yo, you could just be in the background, say like four <laughs> lines. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So yeah, I respect that's, it. <laughs> yeah, I respect. Yeah, exactly. Like it might not be. Yeah, that's totally true. If the thing you want to avoid is if you have a friend who gets a show and then is just like, "Who are you? What?" Ooh, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I see crazy shit. I see, yeah. I see dudes like email people once they got the Golden Globe, and that shit was like, "This email does not work." Cause some crazy <laughs> shit. I'm like, "Fam, that's not your friend." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is not your friend. Oh man! Like, First of all, if your friend won a Grammy, you should be hitting him with the FaceTime or the text. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. if you should definitely hit your homie with the FaceTime. I'll be like, "Yeah, you got the Golden Globe. What's up, cuz? Yeah. What's up, sis?" <laughs> if you sending an email, bro, don't waste your time. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's certain levels of friends, man. There's email friends. There's text friends. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's like, um, there's a Facebook message friends that you don't even have their email <laughs> or their text. <laughs> you took one improv class with them in 2015, and you're like, oh, I'll just hit them up on Facebook. <laughs> you, we all got that one person you took one improv class with, and when they see you in person, it's super crazy. Like, you want a drink? I'm like, yo, fam, we was in 201. Chill yeah, out, I don't bro. know you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Uh, well, man, I mean... I'm glad to see that you're like you're you're still doing the work and like putting in putting out some great stuff in quarantine. Like I feel like I mean, on my small social media feed, which is where I see basically all my friends these days, 
you seem to be putting out some really awesome stuff as far as your music and videos and and you have two new podcasts and like I just want to say like that's great and congratulations and I hope that you keep putting it out because I always love to see it I really admire your work thank you so much I appreciate that thank you thank you yeah and um so just to wrap up um so can you remind me of the names of your podcasts <laughs> and like where yes, people can find I- them Yes, you can find my lovely musical uh, improv. Wow, a lovely musical podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Genty's Infinite Playlist, available on all streaming services that you can find podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then I have Chuckleheads, which is uh, me and Andrew Barlow, which is available on all uh, streaming services that have podcasts. And then, you know what I'm saying? While you're on any streaming service, <laughs> look up Ronnie Cortado. I got Fully Flared too. Got an upcoming single coming out called Jimmy Butler. Uh, stream those two. They're going to be pretty cool. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Yo Genty, where I got rapping clips. Uh, I got hot takes on certain indie albums and I'm chilling. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's great. I listened to the first episode, the Steph uh, Leshek episode of Infinite P- Playlist and I-, I loved it. So Thank you. Thank you. Shout out Steph. Yeah, Steph's the best. And I'll check out you and Barlow's podcast as well. And I've already been streaming your music and I'm excited to hear the new single. And um, exciting stuff, man. Keep it coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm Angela Palladino and we'll be back next time with another conversation with another creative and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do because shit, I'm learning a lot and it's really great to get a peek behind the curtain with a lot of these people. Um, Now to take us out, instead of the regular theme song, I figured I'd play one of Steve's tracks to sort of cap off our excellent conversation. So here's one of Steve's latest. This track is called Black Eric Costin. Bye. Mm -hmm. It's your boy. Yo, Brooks, what's up? Coming live from Mike Cooley's crib. Okay, I said your mother's house, my residence. I'm living black excellence. I spit rocks, flow water, sorta like some sediments. Yeah, I'm heaven sent, but you irrelevant. I'm watching reruns of arrested development. Bust a booth in the booth, bitch. I got the hooks. They tryna read my pad. Can't afford my nook. Look, get lost your shit, piss boss, my chick goth. And I feel like pro straight from Phil Rock. Godly with a thotty, and they riding shoddy. Reading Murakami, Ian Calamari. So, niggas stop barging in, sociopathic. I'm a class, young Fred Armistead Wait, I'm sorry, you should cherish The flow type weird, uh, call me Tim and Eric Watch a nigga flip a trick and dip like the barracks Like the motherfucking barracks Black Eric Costin Did you see the way that I'm